This is a special presentation of Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Wednesday, February 10th, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. The message is by Father Ron Baird. We arrive once again to that time of year that we call Ash Wednesday. It really sort of kicks off on Shrove Tuesday. To, to Shrove Tuesday is after a, a, an idea of being shriven, and it doesn't mean um, uh, shriven ourselves, but it means being shriven of all the fatly things that are in our cupboards. So uh, meat and uh, fat that was used, and that's why they used, made pancakes a lot, was they would use the fat uh, to make the pancakes. But that actually isn't the original name of it. It had been taken up in England. Um, nor is Mardi Gras, which a lot of people are familiar with, um, which means Fat Tuesday. It's sort of the same idea. Um, but the actual name uh, for the festival that we had last night um, and the feast that we had was Carnival. It was a carnival. Now, the reason why it was a carnival is that carnival in the Latin means to devour flesh, um, which... If you paid any attention to the news and saw what happened in New Orleans last night, that would probably be appropriate terminology for it. Um, It's not really meant to be a time of decadence. It's really meant to be a time of of finishing up those things in our cupboards. And in those days when they didn't have refrigeration, in wintertime they would use a lot of... um, um, they would use the ice and the snow and things to have, be able to have meats preserved. And so they would have to use those things up, otherwise they would go rotten. And so all the fat from the animals and, and the meat they would eat up because they wouldn't be eating that during Lent. And so the word Lent itself, which begins on Ash Wednesday, it means the lengthening of days, which really is more indicative of springtime coming than anything. But it's a time when the church has called us to set aside 40 days for fasting and prayer, for almsgiving and study. All four of those things. Now, you have to wonder, why in the world would the church want us to do that? You know, why would that be a significant thing? Did they just want to torture us for 40 days and it seemed like a good time to get around to it? Well, in the early church, one of the things that happened would be they would be preparing uh, candidates for baptism who would be baptized on Easter Eve. But more importantly is the gospel message about that. Because Jesus says pretty clearly to us that we are to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. And the truth is is that none of us will get into God's kingdom unless we are perfect. Now, I don't know about you, but i got a ways to go. (laughs) It's going to take some work. Now you might say, well, why would God expect us to be perfect to get into heaven? Nobody's perfect. But think about it. Whose imperfections do you want to have in heaven? You know, we're all real big on keeping my, you know, I don't mind keeping my imperfections. It's the ones that you do that annoy me that I don't want there. But the truth is, is that in heaven, everything will be perfect. And while we would like to have that wonderful idea that suddenly we arrive at the pearly gates and God snaps his fingers and poof, we're suddenly perfect. You know, if that were really what it was all about, wouldn't, couldn't he have done that a long time ago? No, it really involves our cooperation in that. And that's what Lent is to remind us of, of our continual need to strive for holiness, to be continually working uh, towards that goal of, of truly measuring up to the full stature of Christ, to become so identified with Christ and to become so like Him that we are almost indistinguishable from Him. Now, for most of us, I suspect we have a lot of work to do. And that's why the church has Lent. 
It's a time when we are called to um, give up something, as they say. That's what fasting really means. That's why breakfast, which we have, means breaking your fast. It means you haven't eaten all night because you've been asleep, and so you get up in the morning and you eat. But fasting isn't just a time to uh, torture yourself. It's really about reminding yourself of your utter dependence upon Christ. Because the truth is, is that none of us will ever become perfect through our own effort. We simply cannot do it. The only way that we can attain this perfection that God calls us to is by surrendering ourselves. Jesus puts it this way. He says um, that if you would save your life, you must lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake in the gospel will find it. That's how we become perfect, is by submitting ourselves to the will of Christ through the power of the Spirit, by constantly turning to Him and allowing Him to be the commander of our life, the one who leads us and guides us in all things. That's why I always hated that bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot, because I always thought they should move over and let God drive. It seemed to me He would have a much better idea of where they should be going. But fasting is about our effort to uh, know how much we depend on worldly things. And so when we give up something, you shouldn't give up something too easy. You know, if, you know I know a lot of kids would like to give up broccoli, for instance. Um, but if you don't like broccoli, that wouldn't really be much of a challenge, would it? I mean, it wouldn't be very hard. And, and if you find it that you're successful in your fasting and it's easy, then you should really pick something else. Because you don't have a problem with that, and it's not going to remind you of your need for your dependency upon Christ alone. It's in those things that, that are hard that we only can depend upon Christ. And a lot of times it's not even necessarily what it is, as, as it is um, perhaps the frequency of it. You know, one of the great things to do is to give up something one day a week. For instance, I always give up red meat on Fridays. Now you might think, well, that's not so bad. That means you can have red meat the rest of the time, right? Sounds great. Except that you've got to remember that it's Friday and you're not supposed to be eating red meat. And I tell you, that trips me up more often than not. And, and it reminds me, in my own faith journey, of how easy it is for me to be distracted by the world and to forget you know, the things that even I want to do. And how easy it is to forget much less what God wants me to do and not be paying attention. You know, that's why the fast days of Lent don't include Sundays. Now, I know a lot of people grew up, they tell me that learning that you're supposed to fast on Sundays too during Lent. I've never quite figured it out because Sundays are feast days. And so you're fasting on a feast day. It seems a little contradictory to me. And plus, it sort of defeats the purpose of fasting. Because if you think about it, I always like, particularly people who gave up smoking. Can you imagine what it'd be like to go a whole week without smoking, then on Sunday smoking like a chimney, and then on Monday having to quit all over again? <laughs> That'd be torture. But it certainly would remind you of your need of dependency, of your dependency upon Christ. And that's really what it's about. It's about reminding ourselves. So if, if you fail in your fast, if you mess up, that doesn't mean that you should beat yourself up and say it's terrible. Just like if, if I end up eating meat on Friday for some reason and forgotten all about it, I don't go, well, that's it, I'm having a steak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what it really does is I have to reset. I have to remind myself, this is why I need Lent. This is why I need Christ, is because it is so easy to lose myself in the ways of the world. And that's what fasting is really all about. It's about reminding us of our need and utter dependency upon Christ alone. 
Because it becomes so easy in this world to you know, buy into the, the idea that we can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can accomplish all these things and we can do everything. But I can guarantee you I've never seen anybody yet who was on their deathbed who was able to raise themselves from the dead. It never happens. And all too often we see failures in life as moral, uh, moral somehow or other, a moral, um, what's the word I want? Uh, no, not a judgment, but a, a lacking, a lack of character in us. That when people do things that are wrong, that they lack moral character, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But in reality, we all lack moral character if, if, the, if the measurement is perfection. Because none of us have attained that. And so all of us need to realize that the way we overcome it is through God. That's one of the reasons why AA is so successful, by the way, is because one of the things you have to do is admit you're powerless over the alcohol, but there is a higher power that is powerful enough to control it, if you will let him. And that's really this Christian message, isn't it? Surrender all to God so that he can live in and through you. We also call people to um, almsgiving, you know, to give above and beyond what we normally give, particularly for the poor. Um, and there are lots of ways to do that. We have um, mite boxes that um, are very popular in the Anglican communion um, for people to save up their coins and things to give to a cause. I think this 